It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from State Farm, here with good news and even better news. The good news? State Farm has new lower car insurance rates. The even better news? That means you can now get the service and convenience of a local State Farm agent at surprisingly great rates. State Farm can help you save more cash and get the good neighbor service you deserve. Just talk to your local State Farm agent or visit statefarm.com to find out how much you can save on your car insurance. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. I'm Daniel Lurie, your host, and so happy to bring you your team every day. The Warriors got another significant win in a couple different ways. They beat... The Minnesota Timberwolves, 121-107. It brings their magic number, if it still matters to people, to I think one to clinch home court for the for the duration of the entire playoffs over the Spurs and everyone else. And also because it marked a milestone that I wouldn't have thought about specifically for this game, but my friend Gal- Ben Golver brought it up, which is that they, with this game, broke the Chicago Bulls record for the most wins in three regular seasons, which is which is really impressive. I mean, so the number now is 203, or sorry, it's 204 now. The Bulls record was 203, and if they win out, they could go all the way to 208, which is pretty remarkable when you, when you think about where the league has gone, where the Warriors have gone, and, you know, they've missed Kevin Durant for a bunch of this season, and just... You know, even as good as they were under Mark Jackson, that it's also the first three years under a new coach. Pretty amazing to really think about it. And for me, the biggest star of this game was Clay Thompson. Thompson was really, really confident the entire way through. He had 23 points in the first half, had eight points or more in every quarter, which is unusual, especially considering, you know, the way that you never really know in terms of the minutes that somebody's going to get, especially in a game. I mean, part of the reason he got that is because Coach Kerr is consistently uncomfortable with guys, with backups more specifically, finishing out the game. So he was able to get those eight points in the fourth quarter to finish with 41, 13 of 24 from the field, 7 of 14 from three, 8 of 9 from the free throw line, which is also an improvement off of many other games. And the probably his biggest highlight to me was actually on a play that a lot of people focused on the pass it was that basically cross-court pass that Steph Curry made to him and Clay shot that ball from deep I think it was I, I don't know what the official marking on it was but to me it looks like 28-29 and you know he can do that it's he's a he we think about it a lot with Steph but Clay has a lot of range as well and it was a really impressive performance from him and from the team in general this followed one of the kind of the their standards of this year which was a semi-close first half. I thought the the first quarter they were a little bit lax, gave up some shots that they that they probably could have stopped, and then the weirdness with JaVale McGee and Gorgie Jang and all that. And then they were, you know, they put up a little bit of a lead at the beginning of the second quarter, but then used the third to really solidify the game. And while they did play starters and it got, yeah, I think got as close as 14 
in the fourth quarter. It was really settled by the end of the third. They won they won the third quarter 36-26 and were absolutely dominant in that stretch. And that was when the conning really began at Oracle. And Warriors fans, as usual, love that. And it, it was different in a lot of ways because the Wolves have done so well against the Warriors relative to talent level in recent years. I mean, they beat the Warriors last year around this time. I think it was even the Tuesday of before the last week of the season last year. I think it was even that much commonality. And they, you know, they're, they're kind of a weird team offensively. Rubio shooting a lot better than he was before. They got a crazy amount of and ones in this game, which is another thing that I personally don't love. And I don't think you want to read too much into that. It's like, oh, this is a problem right now in the playoffs or something. But part of the reason you don't want to give up and ones is that generally speaking, those circumstances, you, you there was something wrong with the way that the play happened. Because if you foul, you can foul. That happens all the time. But you want to make sure that you don't give the guy a good chance to go up and get and get a basket and then if you if the guy can still get the basket then you probably shouldn't have fouled in the first place so it's kind of one or the other and I think they I think the number I saw was like they had like nine of them and Shabazz Muhammad had, a, had at least three himself and I'm not again not not using it to to be a big concern person at this point but it's something to watch moving forward because some of the teams the Warriors will could or will play have a pension for drawing fouls and so the Warriors have been much better about that during the course of the year but I still do want to kind of keep an eye on it and it was also different in this game that the Warriors did do a lot in transition but they didn't do a lot in terms of getting transition off of steals they had nine steals which is plenty but the Wolves had nine steals as well and the points off turnovers were close it was 18 for Minnesota 21 for the Warriors but then overall in fast breaks off of defensive rebounds in particular the Warriors outscored them 41 to 22 and the 41 is is really the important number I mean 22 for Minnesota is fine there's nothing wrong with that but taking that number and putting 19 on top of it is is really impressive. And Minnesota usually, and I would say to a fair point in this game they did, got got back on defense, but the Warriors in transition can they can make teams struggle because of just how many different options they have because a lot of times when a team runs they might have somebody there who's really their only thing they can do is they can catch and they can finish. But the Warriors have so many capable dribblers, capable passers that they can make shots out of it. And one of the Warriors most impressive in some ways fast breaks was one where they didn't end up getting any points they had like a three or four on one and eventually because none of those guys particularly wanted to shoot they ended up passing the ball to clay in the corner and clay actually missed that three it was one of the few that he actually missed in this game seven to 14 so he missed seven of them and the warriors have this gear offensively whether or not they're getting as many stops as, as they can and they, they did a pretty good job defensively after that first quarter wolves never got into never got 30 in a quarter again and just the the quality of looks they were getting got a lot of, got a little bit worse so that's what you're looking for when you're watching the warriors but they were able to get reliable offense in that way and the warriors are going to need that not only in Kevin Durant's absence and that might only be one more game we don't really know yet definitively we have an idea Mark Stein's reported it but we don't know for sure but even as he's coming back Durant has been such a a useful piece in terms of the offensive baseline and another way to do that is through getting more reliable transition opportunities and getting to the line and the Warriors did shoot 24 free throws in this game making 19 of them some of that came in in garbage time but not all of it did 
And I mean, you had McAdoo's missed two missed ones, which actually hurt the percentage, but not that big a deal. He's not going to be, I don't think he's going to be a big factor in terms of deciding the outcomes of games. And his two in this game were not at an important point. I think that was, he got fouled in garbage time from what I remember. And outside of that, I think Curry looked more confident again. He didn't make everything. Seven of 18 from the field, three of eight from three. But his passing is definitely, he looks as confident in that as he has in years including the two behind-the-back passes. The one that I thought was more impressive was the one where he where he saved the ball because he he didn't look like he was doing that blind. I think he had an idea of where the guy was. The other one was, of course, a great highlight play and was a very impressive one. Yes, he did double dribble before it, but whatever. And... I, I don't I don't worry about travel true thing. I'm just noting it because it happened. And that was a great highlight. And then he had a couple of nice nice shots as well. And something I want to look at with him is how he's shooting in terms of when he has his feet set. Because there were a couple of threes tonight where it was kind of on a on a garbled play. And he kind of got it to the corner instead of taking a dribble, maybe moving out to a step. He just kind of shot it. And he's not great at those. I mean, as best, he's been incredible at those. But generally speaking, that's not his strength. Kind of like clay, where they're better when they're kind of in the right spot when they start when they start the jump and when they catch the ball when they're doing catch and shoot threes. And so I want to kind of keep an eye on that moving forward. He's still having a much better run right now than he did earlier. But I want to I want to keep an eye on that and see where it really goes. In terms of the bench, I thought Iguodala again played well. I thought Livingston looked again more comfortable. I think that the fit with Curry is better. The spacing is better. His idea of his role is clearer. And since Curry can play on and off the ball, I think it works. It works more intuitively in a lot of ways than Livingston playing with Durant. So don't know if Curry is seeing the same thing that I am seeing, but I'm intrigued to see whether that is where they go in the playoffs when these things really do matter and where other teams' rotations are going to shift around a little bit. And of course, when they're playing starters more. So that will bring new challenges, but I think that could work really well. Clark, again, Ian Clark looked comfortable. He didn't really have a great efficient night, though some of that was was jacking up shots in garbage time, as a lot of the Warriors were wont to do. But he, it, it's weird to go so much on the eye test because I like to kind of balance everything else. But it is a lot of that on feel and on comfort. And he's he fits in offensively with that group. He knows how to pick his spots. He actually was a little bit more active in passing lanes in this game than we've seen before. And that can be a good thing. That can be a bad thing. It just depends on whether you're putting kind of, you're putting your defense or your teammates at risk by, by making that jump. And he did that a couple of times. He did it once in transition as well, but yeah, he was only two of three in the competitive portion of the game. Well, only, and then the rest of the time he, he was zero for five. So he was zero for five in the fourth quarter. I'm not going to worry about that. That's non, non-representative sample. And the Warriors are, are winning these games in a way that I think is relatively conducive to moving on because the Wolves have a very effective when they're on. It's a little bit different with B elites out starting five. And the in the first half, they kind of got some benefits at different parts of the game. But then in the third quarter, some of that run was starters on starters. And that's really what you're looking for, for for the Warriors in terms of that third quarter. Gorgie Jang was negative 13. Andrew Wiggins was negative 10. Carl Anthony Towns was negative 7. And, and by doing that strength versus strength, you know, that's more of what the playoffs are about because teams are going to play their starters more. So something that I've been thinking about, something that I want to watch. And the Warriors don't play that many strong opponents for the remainder of the season. So I guess that'll really only be that Utah game. And we could see the Warriors sit some guys during that. It sounds like, I think I heard 
because I'm up in Portland, so I wasn't at the game. I heard part of Tim Roy's radio broadcast, which was wonderful. He was talking about that. I believe Draymond and Iguodala are not going to make, are not going to play tomorrow. So be worth watching how they're going to approach all that now that the one seed is basically locked up. How they want to balance the rest and. With the impending return of Durant, that might change it a little bit. It might not. You could treat him as an independent variable, or you could could do it either way. I mean, there are lots of different methods that could work with this, lots of different approaches, and I'm not exactly sure, at least with my knowledge, of, of which way to do it is correct, though I would like to see him get at least a few minutes with Curry and Draymond and all that kind of stuff, Go to, and, and even go to some with Draymond at center just to see how, see how it fits cohesively. Maybe do that, I mean, ideally do that in the game against the Jazz, but still a lot of time to figure all that out and plenty to, to assess and everything like that. And the Warriors now, you know, they put themselves in a good position. They, they still do have to win at least one more game, but they're going to do that. They don't, they're, no, they're not facing a ton of teams that have a lot to play for. In fact, they might be playing the, late, the Lakers on the last game of the season, might specifically be playing not to win, considering right now they're tied in the win column with the Phoenix Suns, who the Warriors will play tomorrow, for the second worst record in the league and so you know if they win another game they already beat the beat the Grizzlies and that's what kind of shifted them in this whole thing so I don't need to talk too much about the Lakers in all this but I just thought it was interesting and then I also you know this is one of those games that's going to happen from time to time where they played because I think it was presumably because of because of Andrew Wiggins's presence they played McCaw off the bench he didn't play much during the competitive portion of the game I think he got some spot minutes in the third he looked fine but I would like to see them periodically really challenge him with something like that, especially now that the games don't have stakes. Just see how it works, see where we put him in, and, and try some different things out there. I also would like to see a little bit more of Clay Thompson on Wiggins. We did see it from time to time, but see a little bit more of that. So beyond being consistently impressed, as I always am with Carl Anthony Towns, I think he's a remarkable offensive player, and Wiggins had some nice moments too. This was, you know, this was more of just kind of what we've seen. From the Warriors, you know, they kind of hang around a little bit and then just take control in the third and then win. And when you win as much as they do, that's not a problem in any way, shape, or form. So I think that's enough on this one. I don't really have any crystallized thoughts on the JaVale, Gorgie Jang thing, so I don't even need to share that, really. I will have more on this game for The Athletic. That will come out at some point tonight. And then, yeah, I don't I don't really know beyond that. I'll have, I don't know when I'm going to do the podcast on the Suns game because I'm not completely sure I'm going to be able to watch it live due to my extenuating circumstances with the Hoop Summit and everything else, but I will definitely watch it and I will do a podcast on it and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not exactly sure when, but you can keep your ear out for it. And since it's the Warriors last game until Saturday, you can, that you can kind of pace yourself with that. I'm not completely sure I'm going to do an episode on Thursday night as well. It'll get, again, depend on my Hoop Summit schedule. So if you have any feedback on this show or any other show, good, bad, or indifferent, NBA at gmail.com, at DannyLaru on Twitter. Really do appreciate it. If you take the time to, to write it, I will take the time to read it. I won't promise I'll respond, but I do appreciate that. Gotten some nice stuff over the last little bit, including some related to my book, which of course we'll talk about more in the future. And if you want to support the show, leave a rating, leave a review, and you can also subscribe, download every episode. That's something that really does help. And you can spread the word. Word of mouth is a very important part of this, and that can be physical word of mouth, or it can be using the internet or whatever else makes you happy. And that's really what leaving a rating and a review does too. But you can do that in other ways, whatever makes you happy. So thank you so much for listening. Take care and make it a great day. San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked on Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm J.D. Young.
Eric Fowl. Together, we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.